Welcome to episode 27 of the BBCE, the best book club ever. Whether you're an avid reader or just like to relax and have fun, or both, join us each week for some awesome book discussion. The BBCE is a safe place to cultivate authentic friendship, share our real lives with you, and conquer all of life's problems. Well, mostly. My name is Katie. As always, I'm joined by fellow BBCE members, Holly, Mandy, and Sarah, and I will be leading us in our discussion this week of Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, This is our second week discussing this book, so if you missed last week's episode, please make sure you take the time to listen to it as well. We think you will really enjoy the discussion. Before we get started talking about the book, I wanted to ask our random question, and this one, I have no idea how I'm going to answer. That seems to always be the case. So the question is, what have you done recently that you are proud of? Okay, this is Mandy. Um, Recently, what I have done that I am proud of is... um, I'm not going to go into details, but I'm really, really proud of the way that I protected my oldest daughter this weekend. I'm really, I'm more than being proud of myself, though I'm really Mm. proud of her, but anyway. I'm proud of you both. I'm proud of you too. Good grief. Hi, I'm Sarah. (laughs) And I'm proud that I painted my bedroom this amazing, uh, like, deep green because it took four coats of paint to get this done but I love it and that is not even on the same level as Mandy's I'm so glad you love at it. all oh gosh I think that is pretty amazing good work oh my goodness this is Holly and I am proud of the fact that I'm reading and walking in my pool. Yes. It's so taking great. care of me. Exercising. I'm taking care of myself. Uh-huh. And that's a big thing to be proud of. Amen. You're so tan, it too. Is. Look at you. No. Oh, my so word. Tan. Hawaiian tropic over here. Woo-woo. <laughs> she is. Oh, my god. I love goodness. my pool. I love it. Oh, that's great. I said I didn't know how I was going to answer, so I'll just steal Holly's answer. (laughs) That's what I always do. I am actually really proud of myself because I have um, felt like I have really stayed mentally and physically strong through COVID, quarantine, distancing, all of that. I have just stayed strong and I've worked awesome. on that so I'm proud of myself that is so good Katie that's awesome Yay. <laughs> all right let's get going um we're gonna just start with our how we rate the book just thumbs up or thumbs down we're gonna all stick our thumbs out toward the screen and get them ready and on the count of three let's rate it up or down one two three Okay, so we all, except Mandy, we'll single her out. She singled herself out here. 
No shame. Oh my, it's normally me. She voted down and the rest of us voted up. Okay, so do we want to wait until we give our grade to explain the thumbs up? Because that just means, you know, did we enjoy it? Okay. Which is kind of a weird thing to say on this book. You know, it's not necessarily that I enjoyed it. It wasn't really in any way. Well, if you liked reading it. I'm glad that I read it. That's what I would say for thumbs up. I'm glad that I read it for sure. Um, Let's, Mandy, do you actually, could you read the, the grading scale for us? Do you have that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep, I do. So the, um, our A through F grading scale, um, A is for all good. B is for better than most. C could have been better. Uh, D disappointing and F is going to mean failure on all levels. Okay. Do you want to go first, Mandy? I'm I going guess. first. <laughs> what we seem to <laughs> do. Yeah, I will. If you're the differing vote. Yeah, we'll get, get all my, the way. Um, we'll get my my thumbs down out of the way. Okay. Um, I'm between a couple here, but I'm I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with with D, and I hate rating someone's I guess story or perspective down, but the reason I'm going with D is because. Um, I just, I had really hoped that, honestly, that it would be different than it was and that I'd be able to, I don't know how to say it, um, uh, I don't know, get more healthy, healthy understanding of some things and it just didn't do that for me at all. It did the, op- I mean, not, I don't want to say it did the opposite, but it didn't okay. do that for me, so... Maybe it was just expectation of what I was hoping it would, and it, and it didn't deliver what I hoped. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Okay. This is Holly, and I am going to rate it. I think I'm going to give it an all good. I really liked his storytelling ability. Um, I thought the it was very creative, the way that he used language to tell his story and um is very personal i thought and authentic this is sarah and i would i think i'm going to rate the book a also for all good um (laughs) i considered nah all good um (laughs) (laughs) you're always like in between two (laughs) letters here's the thing i considered b just because like b is lower than a but it says it's better than most and I can't say that it's better than most because this is I think maybe the first book I've read like this <laughs> so um oh okay okay you know what I'm saying so I'm gonna say a all good um because for me it was eye-opening and um I also really enjoyed just getting to read a letter from one person to another person and um, I loved how he talked about our bodies um, specifically just the way that he used that and it was just raw and beautiful I felt like um, mm. So, and I'm anxious to 
hopefully be able to talk to like my neighbors and different people I I know in the black community um, about the book and like ask hey have you read this what did you think of it you know has this been your experience and things like that so um, I appreciated that I feel like it gives me kind of like a opener to talk about some things I hope very good Okay, this is Katie. I'm also going to give this book an A, and I'm not sure I've ever voted any book anything other than an A. So I don't, I really? don't know if I have either. <laughs> Far for the course. You have. I know you have. Um, I just like all things and all perspectives, and I can, I'm very, very accepting. I really did, um, like, I really feel like it would be very difficult to come from this book from any any stance of judgment because I certainly cannot judge um, the perspective or experience of, um, you know, Ta-Nehisi or his son. Um, I mean, we're from very different worlds. So I did appreciate, I for sure appreciated his gift of language. He's very, very gifted. I think it made it a little bit, um, yeah, I think it might have been a little bit maybe misleading, Mandy, in some ways, because it didn't necessarily deal with things. Um, it just kind of like laid out a lot of the problems, um, or at least a lot of the negative things that he's experienced, but I think that is very real. I think that is truth, um, but it certainly was not, I, I definitely wouldn't say at the end of this bo book, I felt a sense of um, hopefulness. And he, you know, I think there was the fact that we as Christians maybe weren't able to always view things the way he does because he's going to view them in his perspective. So I don't know if I would recommend this book to somebody who is, you know, just trying to first start out and say like, what, you know, I don't really understand anything about this whole concept of white privilege or, um, you know, I'm just starting to really want to acknowledge or understand I don't know if this would be the book I would recommend to people for that um I think it's a book I would recommend but I don't think I would recommend this book as hey this is a really good place to um just learn it was more of a I, th I feel like it was more of a yeah it's not informational it's, not it's more just him speaking yeah. about his life, which for that reason, and I think he did it in a, like I yeah. said, in a, like what Sarah said, raw, honest, I very much appreciated that about this book, but I can understand what you're saying as well, Mandy. And if the expectation was that, and then you're like, oh, no, not what, what I got. I can see why that would be disappointing. Is that what, is that what you were experiencing? Like, this is not the book to go to if you're really looking to say, Okay, here's some things that are constructive and... 
I don't think the tone of it lends itself to being mm-hmm. constructive. But because that was he expressed a lot of anger, perhaps? The whole, yeah, yeah the whole time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which I'm not saying people shouldn't yeah. be angry. <clears throat> um, but I even thought about, like, I felt like he was teaching his son, you know, how we're supposed to react and speak out of anger. And I, I would hope that there's some other life lessons his son can take um, from his dad. I, I don't know. I, I, I struggled. I struggled <laughs> in a lot of ways with it. So and I'm just being honest. Um, so anyway. I do like to summarize all of this. I think I completely agree with you, Katie, where this might not have been a great book to like start if we're wanting to like, you know, like last week I talked to like the scales falling off my eyes. This was a harder book to start with if that's what like you're really trying to work on because and there is I don't maybe there is a book I haven't read all of the books on (laughs) racial injustice I have not read all of them but like is there a how-to you know how to um well well, actually that's really great that you said that because (laughs) I kind of structured our discussion today not that we're not discussing this book still because um I think he was Honestly, I don't know if he wrote this book to help white people. Like, I don't, he, I think he really just wrote this book from a place of, hey, this is my experience in the world. And this is what I want my son to know. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I think if we, I think if we discuss the book within, within the context of he did bring up some things that are important. He did bring up a lot of um, just the past, the history. Um, I think he, um, well, anyway, what I was going to say is this book is really helpful. It's called Be the Bridge. It's by Latasha Morrison. And I kind of structured the discussion today a little bit more around some of the steps that she outlines in this book and I really do think that if you are coming from a place of okay where do I even start I don't I don't even really know anything beyond you know maybe what you've heard or seen on the news um, this is a really good approach that she's taking and I just kind of wanted to walk through a discussion where we look at some of the steps that she brings up. And I do think it will draw back in moments from this book um, that were awesome. like highlights, high points. So cool. And so like normally we would do our how to host a book club. That just seemed kind of flippant. And so I just think we need to d- continue our discussion. Um but centering it a little bit more around just steps toward racial reconciliation. Um, And so I definitely would encourage people in book clubs to, you know, if it's not between the world and me and and it may not be the right one for you to pick, but I would suggest that people are having more 
conversations. And so other books, we will link a bunch at the end of the show notes. I know Sarah's mentioned quite a few. Holly's mentioned quite a few. Um, you know, basically this book and Be the Bridge are the only ones I've read. I've done a lot of podcast listening. Um and just hearing from people that I know, just their own experiences. That's kind of the work I've been doing. Um, but I think this would just be helpful that we continue the discussion and offer some more resources, ideas for those who want to move from this place of waking up that he mentioned in the book, or like Holly said, the scales falling off our eyes, um, and then kind of toward a more assertive and constructive correction of yeah systematic racism so the first step is aware or awareness yes and holly mentioned last week that our history books are written with a racial bias that they don't include the the truth of our nation's history or all parts of our nation's history just some parts um so why why do you think it's important to know truth in our history or be familiar with more of our history well, isn't it that phrase, history will repeat itself? <laughs> and it's like, if we don't have like an accurate depiction of what history is, uh, I think we've seen that with racial injustice also. Like it keeps repeating itself. Actually, it's never actually gone away because we've hidden it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, History repeats itself. Therefore, therefore learn yeah Mm -hmm. you know not just go on with it or whatever i have to uh, you know we're talking about history and the truth and i have to bring up this i love it we've said it on the podcast before i love this quote by harry s truman the truth is all i want from history i thought of the exact same quote that yep yeah it's a great one and it's so hard to like i mean i think um Nowadays, in the day we're living in, in the age we're living in, with technology and all this information, um, it's it's hard not to be like, well, why did they structure it like that, you know? Or why didn't they, you know? Like even way back in history, like you see the Israelites making the same <laughs> decisions, yeah. or even like. Um, yeah. Just also, not just American history, like, how do you even figure out when there isn't writing how to compose those historic events, you know? And generally, at the beginning of time, it was like telling story after story passed down through generations. And I don't know about you, but when I tell a story that my grandpa told me, it's definitely different than when he told it, you know? Or even the way he experienced it. So, like... I don't even know if there is like a true history that actually could be recorded from certain parts of the age and time. Nothing that's completely accurate because I mean, there have been so many, there have been studies done about like, you know, people being in a room and them watching something happening and then they're supposed to retell what happened. And there were like all these things that they told the wrong way. I mean, there's literally, we're human. We're flawed. There's no right. way that we can tell history to the exact truth. And I think what what we're what I'm seeing at least with the research in a lot of the documentaries and shows and books and stuff that I'm seeing with this 
social injustice that has gone on with the way that black people have been treated in our country it is so layered it's very very layered and a lot of it not all of it some of it is very very deliberate against the black people but some of it is very very sneaky and very very little and it can start with a little little teeny tiny thing and then you have like massive amounts of incarcerated wrongfully convicted like black people and you know um communities that are hurting because they don't have the funding that they need yeah so i was thinking um too um holly and i say this a lot um but like unless you are (laughs) in a certain situation you do not know like you do not know what decisions you would make you do not know how you would feel or how you would retell it you know um i know both holly and i have felt that with different situations and so as as a white person you know i i I think that about i mean i have not in my history being a white person i have not been in the position of a black person so i have to consider that and that to me is reason enough to explore the issue do you know what i mean and to be concerned about the issue is because i haven't experienced it does that make sense yeah was that racist i don't i don't know how that would uh, no (laughs) i don't know yeah and mandy i think that's part of no i agree i think that um for me the importance of learning the history is so that we don't make mistakes I mean, it's not like, oh, well, I don't want to be called a racist. That's not even, and I think we'll get into that a little bit more, like the difference between that term and the actual systemic, I'm going to say it the right way this time, (laughs) Sarah, (laughs) racism. Um, But to me, we can't, until we are aware of something, we cannot acknowledge it. Or move forward from it. So it's difficult when you're like, oh, I don't even know if what I just said was wrong because you feel like everything is out that's coming at you from different sources is like, well, this is wrong and you shouldn't say it this way and you've got to. But yes, but there are reasons for a lot of the things. And I think it's just uncovering the truth and hearing it from the experience of the people who have lived it and know it to be it true yeah. like know it to be true and learning from them so I think that's kind of like that posture that we take of we really do need to like Holly always says shut up and listen and so you know even though we're doing this podcast and we're all white women talking about this voice I would hope that we would know that it really isn't what we're saying it's it's not what we as white women have to say about this it's just right what we're what we are learning and what we are taking from it and you know trying to yeah. trying to do better I, yeah I am a little paranoid of I am a little paranoid of mm-hmm. things I say yep. and is that is that yeah. racist you know and like because I've been called out for things before. You didn't know. Well, really, but honestly, that's where didn't think. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
So anyway, there's a little paranoia. But there. I do I'm think sorry. that um, <laughs> we all, and I think we're going to get to that. It's that learning of it that makes it where you are able to acknowledge it. And if we don't it's like acknowledge things, we can't move. We can't move past it. I mean, if we have our blinders on, we can't move past it, and we're complicit. And really, that is. I mean, there are even scriptures that say like that sin of omission is just as bad as sin of commission. And if we are in a system that is oppressing, I would want to know that. And I would want to not be complicit in that. I would want to move toward like forgiveness and reconciliation. So that's kind of what we're trying to do here today. The next step would be acknowledgement and repentance. Race is a political and social construct created by man, not by God, for the purpose of asserting power and maintaining a hierarchy. So tell me, how have you viewed the term racist and how has that definition maybe changed for you maybe by reading this book or if there's any other things that you've picked up on can I yeah this is Mandy can I just can I clarify something real quick because I just Mm want to be sure um race is a political and social construct created by man do you would it be appropriate or more appropriate to say systemic racism systemic race is a political and social contract construct created by man because People were made very right, very, and that would I be mean, all over right. the world. And that would be cultures. So that would be like where you were born and okay. the different, you know, cultures. Okay. Does the Bible refer to different races? It talks about different people of different cultures, but it doesn't create mm-hmm. any kind of order. When we, yes, God created us from Adam and Eve. There weren't any other tangents from that. I mean, he created Adam and Eve. We all came from Adam and Eve. Right. We all have different pigment, skin pigmentation. So we're all the same race. We just have different cultures. Okay. I just, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mandy. No, (laughs) I'm so glad we're having like, ask questions because hey we're all we're all once again these are places where we yeah and these are places where we can point back to some really good resources um I did not just like you know overnight come up with any of this (laughs) I oh yeah um so no you did did not (laughs) um so racism or the term racist what have you define that term in your mind to mean or you know what have you grown up thinking about that word and the definition and has that changed for you so this is Sarah and I think the first thing that popped into my mind when you said this was when Coates was talking about us viewing ourselves as white I don't remember if that was his exact term when he was talking in the book, but it was something like that, like seeing ourselves as white and then like his black body. And for me, I feel like that really put it in perspective. Like I don't need to view myself as white. Like I'm a person first, I feel like. 
and black people are people and Indian people are people and it just I don't know for me anyways it just put it in perspective and how in my mind the conversation or the story that I say in my mind doesn't need to categorize things like that and I feel like I struggle more with racism when I allow myself to do that. For me, the term racist has always been a, I'm white, they're black, I'm racist. <laughs> because I'm white and they're black and my negative attitude towards them for different things because of the way I've been raised or taught or viewed things is racist. I hope that that was a coherent thought. <laughs> Did that make any sense to you guys? Yeah, absolutely. That term racist, the definition definitely has changed for me over the last several years. Um, I watched this video. It's called, Are You Racist? Keep it 100 from <laughs> Cut on YouTube. And it asks 100 different people, like, if they're racist mm. and what that means. And some people are like, everyone's a racist. And some people are like, no, I'm not a racist. You know, so it's like that label of racist is, it's a hard one because there's so much in that yucky word. You know, I would say that yeah, at times in my life, I have been a racist and I'm learning and trying not to be one because I don't want to be racist. Um, and like, what was that quote we said now three times on the podcast about like, um, man thinks that he's doing good until, yeah. but really what he's doing is evil. What is that quote? Someone do the quote. To do evil, he must first think he's doing good or something like that, or he first thinks he's doing good. Yeah, so I that. think for me, um, even that phrase, like, ignorance is bliss. And that is, like, a way I think um, I was racist is because I chose to be ignorant. Yeah, well, and two, what you said made me think of um, the Brene Brown podcast with Ibram Kendi. Um, the book that he wrote, How to Be Anti-Racist. And I, <laughs> I feel like we say something about her every podcast now. Um, but I appreciated that podcast because he talked about everyone is racist. You can try so hard not to be racist, but at some point you are racist because we're human. And um, what's important is when it's pointed out to you to correct it. Like you don't have to internalize it and be shamed, mm -hmm. but to correct it right then and then um, move on. You know, like once you learn something, then you know it, try not to do it again. Um, and so it's just a matter of like making that a priority and not being concerned about being racist all the time, but just being aware that yeah. you could be I would say that, that there are points in what you just said that could be debatable because um, yeah. I have heard a lot of people, a lot of black people be like, we can't be racist because of um, the way the whole system structure is set up, you know? I'm talking about as a white person. Oh, okay, okay. So I think this quote from the book actually adds a little bit to this conversation. 
Um, it says, but race is the child of racism, not the father. And the process of naming the people has never been a matter of genealogy or physiognomy so much as one of hierarchy. Difference in hue and hair is old. I'm going to insert there. That's what we were talking about. That's God-given. But belief in the preeminence of hue and hair, the belief that these factors can correctly organize a society and that they signify deeper attributes which are indelible, this is the new idea at the heart of these new people who have been brought up hopelessly, tragically, to believe that they are white. These people are like us, a modern invention. But unlike us, their new name has no real meaning divorced from the machinery of criminal power. The new people were something else before they were white. Catholic, Corsican, Welsh, Mennonite, Jewish. And if all our national hopes have any fulfillment, then they will have to be something else again. Perhaps they will truly become American and create a a nobler basis for their myths. I cannot call it. As for now, it must be said that the process of washing... The desperate tribes white was not achieved through wine tasting and ice cream socials, but rather through the pillaging of life, liberty, labor, and land, through the flaying of backs, the chaining of limbs, the strangling of descendants, the destruction of families, the rape of mothers, the sale of children, and various other acts meant, first and foremost, to you and me, the right to secure and govern our own bodies. I mean, that's... Pretty Katie, what book is that from? That's from this book. That's from Between the World and Me. That's probably one of my favorite quotes in the book. Yeah. Race is the child of racism, not the father. Like we we were not born with this structure and it is like we talked about last week. It's doing us all a a, a deep disservice because of the the division that it's caused and um I do think those sins of the past are worth us looking at because he really tells us in very graphic terms what that looked like for the African slaves. I mean, that is the history of our nation. But I do think as we will continue down this path, there is a way to restoration and reconciliation and I believe that that is the path that I would want us all to kind of be grounded in the truth of God's word and his plan for reconciliation and restoration of these of the you know what's going on I just wanted to say that race like this whole construct of race I believe has been used to divide us. And I believe that we have as a country used politics to divide us in the same way. I feel like there's this clear dividing line and you take sides. And I just don't believe that it should be that way because I feel like even if we attach a solution to racism to a political party, that is not going to serve us. It's just going to serve to divide us even more along a line. Um, right. And so, you know, I, 
I think last week you mentioned also the church, and I'm going to go there a little bit too, although I have not fully processed or learned or done any work in that regard. I know the, the book, The Color of Compromise, that Sarah had talked about will be in my in my reading stack for sure. But I think it's so often we're told, like, we can just appease ourselves because, like, we're the people of God, and we're listening to what God says. Um, but I think we have to be careful about what God really is saying and that we're not also attaching what God says to a political party because that is just so dangerous. Um, well, just I, like you can manipulate the Bible, you can manipulate through politics. Like people are manipulating politics will be like, well, this is God's party or this is, you know, like. Right. There are things on both sides that don't think God would be for, you know. And there are things on both sides that I think God would be for. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. I totally interrupted no, you. No, that's exactly I hate our what... two-party system. It sucks. <laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> tell you how I really feel. Absolutely agree. I feel this. like it's Yeah. I know. I'm really going to have to lower my volume there. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't I can't say that, you know, I'm going to vote this way cuz they get everything right, especially yeah, like no you, one does. especially like you said biblically. I'm like, well, okay, you can talk about this, but then this doesn't make sense if you really believe that. Like it's And not everyone in this country is a believer, you know? Right. Yep. Um, yes. I also, that is an interesting part of just the history as well. And so I really do want to read that book, The Color of Compromise. Yeah, I just think it's when we align ourselves with structures that divide. I'm not saying, you like, you can't have a political party. I mean, you know, like, that is fine. But I think it's very damaging when your political party it becomes a hierarchy of which side is the side that is right or God is for and that gets very very oh. iffy and this my friends is why I am gloriously yes <laughs> exactly <sighs> same oh, same <laughs> and don't tell I, yeah I'm just and I don't tell anyone who I vote for now. <laughs> okay so the next step that Latasha Morrison outlines is freedom from shame and guilt. Okay. And freedom. I think, <laughs> I think this is good because I know Mandy last week mentioned how shame can keep us in this cycle that we can't get out of. And there's no hope for healing or restoration when we're in that cycle. And then you guys of course have brought up Brene Brown and that podcast about, um, Shame. So how do you see this? Um, did you experience shame or guilt when you read this book? Or how do you see that shame cycle playing out in any facet of your life or just how it relates to this book and racism? One of the things I want to say in this part, and this is probably not going to answer your question right now, okay. but real quick. Um, one of the things Brene Brown says in her book about shame is that shame hates having a voice mm. and that is so true so by by so many people giving their own shame and really speaking up for the shame of 
other mm. people, you know, vouching for other people's shame. It's, it's giving, I mean, shame does not like it when people talk. Um, so that seems really relevant to where we're at today. Um, with all that's going on, I mean, this is being talked about. And I hope, I hope people see it as like realizing that there has been shame and that this is part of the process of it coming out. Does Absolutely. That yeah. I love that quote. I love that quote. Thank you for sharing that. Like I'm hoping it's part of the process of healing. I think that that is a very good point, Mandy. We are giving mm-hmm. shame a voice and it's a step to healing. I guess that's my. Yes. I love that. I know in my own life when I've given shame a voice, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been people around me to to love me it's part of the healing yeah yeah so but acknowledgement and repentance does have to come first yes right <laughs> so, so good steps are like I, i'm like okay this is yep. not ju- like these steps do not just have exactly. to be for racism or systemic racism it's I mean, there is right. great. It's, I mean, so it's just for, for yep. life. <laughs> it is a cycle that we enter into daily on different levels based on di- uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> daily. And sometimes I think, <laughs> sometimes I think, you know, uh, we got to let ourselves off the hook a little bit because sometimes we set ourselves back to step two mm. again where we have to acknowledge it. I messed up, but then keep talking about it. Like, and like, that's like when there are people around you who love you and are for your success and want to, you know, it's just amazing. They remind you where you've come from. Man, I go, (laughs) amen. Preach. Like, (laughs) you are. (laughs) Um, That's so true, though. Like you said, sometimes you go back and you have to remind yourself, okay, no. I've, I've already been here. I've already dealt with this. This is how I dealt mm-hmm. with it. Okay, next step, freedom from shame and guilt. Like, and I think you get faster at doing it and the more you do it. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know about that. But you know, the hard thing, too, I think sometimes is when your shame, like, you know it. Sometimes it's not even born out of anything that you mm-hmm. did. It's born out of somebody else's control um, over your life. And that can be almost yep. harder, I think, to get through. And that is definitely something we could probably apply to For racism. Sure. I For mean, sure. Good grief. Yeah. People of different races didn't. Like, they weren't in control of how they were treated. Right. You yeah. know? Now they're having to deal with the shame from how oh they were goodness, treated. Oh, my goodness, yes. She you really know? unpacks a lot so of that just in her own. And mm-hmm. be the bridge. She, she talks a lot book. about yeah. the shame that she experienced from being black. And I think Ta-Nehisi Coates expressed that as well in Between the World and Me. Um, I don't have a quote pulled up or anything, but goodness, if you just go to like Goodreads and read the quotes from Between the World and Me, there are some really good quotes. And I think almost 
that helped me because I think as like the long, 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 long free flowing train of thought that he had in this letter, it was really hard to like pick up on some really articulate and important pieces that he had. But when I broke it down into individual quotes, I was like, okay, so here's what he's talking about. And it was easier for me to unpack. So I do recommend that. Um, I love the like poetry in his writing. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems so poetic. I it packs just, a punch. I really, really <laughs> liked that about this. I just wanted to say something about the shame and the guilt aspect. I just think that a lot of times, like in some ways, that can compel our culture to cover up or whitewash oh, or yeah. not or not really yes. deal with the sins we we tend to shy away from convert these conversations like I mean seriously it's not comfortable it's not something it's so awkward <laughs> um another book I have not read it but I have listened to a few interviews by the author it's called white fragility and it's called and the subtitle is why talking about race is so difficult for white people and I think I don't know what she says in the book but I do I feel like shame might be part of that reason because, like, it makes us feel bad, quote, unquote, feel bad. Um, And I think it really does hinder us from just, like, reckoning with the truth. Um, We want, yeah. It does. And I don't think that's good. Yes, what you said. Well, where shame lies inside of you, I mean, real change is not right right and so like I think about you know how our relationship with God gives us a way to move forward and just knowing that in the Bible like guilt and shame you know we're often done communally like the nation of Israel had to repent of sins and there were prophets that and she talks about this a lot in this book too like Elijah um Daniel, they were confessing and making atonement for the sins that they did not, like there was nothing on them. Yeah. They, ha- they had not done anything, but it's a, it's a generational and it's a communal thing. Well, as Christians, I'm, I just got to say one more thing too. As Christians, I think we have to remember when we're sitting in that shame place, that this issue is also something that Jesus Mm -hmm. died for. Like he had this on his mind too. He knew our shame. He knew the shame of other people. He knew the oppression. And I think as believers, like he has, he has taken the atonement Mm -hmm. for that. Um, Yep. All up. That that doesn't relinquish us of responsibility. For sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not right. Like, like oh well, I'm never gonna. I do think it's important to know? I, it just makes me think of the power of mm. Christ. Like that is how powerful he is. He is. He could atone for this, and he has none of it. <laughs> us and our human yep. us, we're like we couldn't have. We oh, could not have. We are not. Yeah, we could not heaven. have made. You know the sacrifices or followed the laws to get us out of this mess that we're in there's nothing that we I mean could have done on our own Jesus Jesus Mm -hmm. did it that helps take some of the blinders off of my eyes a little bit right absolutely yep so 
Um, this I was reading today in my Codependency No More book. My therapist is like, well, you read this book, Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. She's loving this book. I hate it. Oh, well, then why do you keep sending me stuff from it? <laughs> I hate it. sending everyone. Anyway, she says two things. Quote, guilt and shame are not useful as a way, to, way of life. End quote. And then, quote, shame, like guilt serves absolutely no extended purpose end mm-hmm. quote yep as an enneagram and, three i can and. really relate to that like <laughs> okay move on <laughs> check 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 done that yeah. shame doesn't help anything We're boom done with that okay. they are not <laughs> tools for not change. tools for change i love yeah. it yep now not i love it. the fact that like when you catch yourself and catch yourself in in stuff, Holly, you're like, well, nope, not gonna do that. <laughs> Holly, that's that's called therapy. That's, I was I was gonna say Holly is I've like been doing the most, so much therapy. Holly is like the most self aware person I know right now. Like, uh, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I and, and I'm so glad because I that's great right now. <laughs> I'm putting in the work, you guys. Yeah, you are <laughs> putting in the work, paving the it's way, trickling down. <laughs> And all of your friends will be like all the better for it in your relationships because you will be just healthy. Because I'm doing it for me and not for to be codependent yeah, on anyone right, right, anymore. Right. Exactly. You guys want me to? You guys want me to do that to perform? I'll be the best at not being codependent. <laughs> but that is the most. Even though you're doing it for yourself, really, it's the most selfless act that anyone can do I that's believe. what she says i can do another quote but i won't yeah. and i'm never picking this book for book club just so you know so uh mandy brought up the the forgiveness of or the atonement for our sins and that we um experience that and i just wanted to kind of end with a little prayer of confession that is in the be the bridge book because the Bible does say that if we will confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive them. And I do believe that, you know, when confronted with something like this, that is racism is a sin. And whether we have committed a blatantly racist act or whether the thoughts that were just kind of implanted into our brains whether we had control over it now, now that we are aware and have acknowledged it, that is like the next step into being able to receive forgiveness and also to, you know, extend and ask for that forgiveness um, to bring about that reconciliation. So this is um, a prayer of confession in the book, Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison, but it was written by Corrigan Brown, and I will link this all in our show notes. God, I have been blind to the plight of my fellow image bearers. I have been deaf to their cries for justice and mercy. I have been mute when there was no one to speak for them. Lord God, unbind my mouth, place your healing over my eyes that I might see, and unblock my ears that I might hear. I lay my sins at your feet that you might cleanse me, heal me, and send me to do your holy work of reconciliation with my brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen.
Okay, so we are going to end this episode, and I just want to give a couple more um, plugs for some resources. Of course, anyone else can share what they've been reading or learning. Um, We have a bunch of things already to link in the show notes. But I am going to, again, recommend the book Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison. It has been so helpful for me because I tend to get stuck in areas of shame and guilt or, um, you know, just not really comprehending things. And she makes it very clear. So I also would recommend their website um, and it's bethebridge.com. There's a whole link that says we recommend. And so honestly, I'm just going to link that because every book I think that we've talked about or many, many, many more options that are out there are found on this page on their website. They've got tons of resources for um, transracial adoption. That list was probably the longest, but just a lot of things about, you know, ways that we can start the unlearning and learning process. Um, She also has an implicit bias test linked there, and it's from Harvard University, and I highly recommend people take that test because, It really does. Like, I mean, if you really in any way still think that you don't have some form of bias just innately because we've grown up in the society that we have, this test is really interesting the way that it's set up and how it shows. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's quick to take. So I really really recommend it. (laughs) I love it. Yep. There's a great article as well on that website um, that is called 11 Mistakes We Make When Thinking About Racial Inequality. Again, one that I was like, oh, I've made that mistake. Yep, I've made that mistake. I've totally made that mistake. So I think it kind of goes back to that, like, sometimes we're a little afraid because we don't really know all these things. I think it just really... And we are going to make mistakes. Yes, We are going to make mistakes. And that's okay. We're not going to wake up and be like... Oh, I got this Rachel stuff figured out. No, we're gonna make mistakes. Yep. It's, I mean, if we've learned this for, I mean, our nation's history, he pointed out in the book that people were enslaved in this country for longer than they have been free. Like when we look at the time period of from when the first colony began to the Emancipation Proclamation, it spanned like, you know, 250 years. That's longer than people have been free in this country. So I think we're not going to be, we're not just going to have that all figured out because we've carried right. a lot well, of that even with us. like free, I want to say that like with quotes because of Jim right. Crow and then even prisons. Right. Like, right, exactly. exactly. Still not all free. Exactly. So anyway, these are some helpful resources. We will link them all in the show notes. And does anyone else have any thing they'd want to recommend or just any other thing they'd like to mention katie talked about four um the four steps recommended by the author of be the bridge latasha morrison and those are what we went through can i just say them really quick please okay yeah <laughs> i'm do sorry it. the first one was awareness the second one was acknowledgement and repentance the third one was freedom from shame and guilt, and the fourth was confession. Thank you for that, Mandy. Be the best and subscribe to our show on the platform you prefer. 
you could even write us a review. Would you? Could you? Pretty please. Uh, and follow us on Facebook and investigate our Instagram. We are at the BBCE. Wander into our lovely little world at www.thebestbookclubever.com. And there you will find all of the wonderful resources that we are linking from this week's show. So in closing, don't forget to be the best you you can be. Because after all, there is only one of you. Thank you. Hey, you guys, this is Holly coming to you from the ever so sophisticated editing bay here at the BBCE. Right now, that is currently my bed. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. I wanted to insert this clip where we talked a little bit about how maybe churches could implement um, this discussion of racial injustice um, before we get into the bloopers. Katie, your question also <laughs> says, and I don't know if you oh, yeah. talked about it. I kind of skipped that know. very last part about the church. Are you talking like, about Like, is that? the church, like how the church is, you know... Yeah, um, like what the Bible says about wanna... confession and why do we not hear about confessing these sins or as a nation. Why are we not even like, yeah, talking about it in our churches? Our church actually has um, conversations on racial justice. It's like a group at our church where Ooh, yeah. they do have these conversations yeah. um, monthly. Well, I think, okay, if you want to do that real quick and insert it in that's fine I am going to plug at the very end of this this book again and the website because um, there are like training videos and you can actually sign up to do it as a group you know like have a leader go through these oh cool and it's do it the bridge like group you can do it like yep. at your church or oh, so she has like a discussion guide that you're mailed um, I think it you know is kind of taken from the actual book where she leads you through you know the steps and also questions that you can discuss um, and it's meant to obviously be interracial as you do the groups now it's time for some bloopers all right i can't see holly's hand oh sorry i went i took my thumb <laughs> off camera okay so, oh, you did? <laughs> On accident. I was like looking. I was like, anyway. you're, you're trying to keep it a secret from no, us. No, okay. I like, I was looking at you guys and then I didn't, I was looking at myself for once. <laughs> hey, I'm podcasting. Can you get out of the kitchen, please? No, I just like to sit and talk to myself in the microphone. Please do not come in here shouting while I am podcasting. <laughs> I mean, you're five. Shouldn't you know better? What do you need? Um, my 45-year-old doesn't know better. I feel like Michael off the office right now where he just makes something up as he goes. <laughs> Wait, I was about to say, didn't he do like a... Prison Mike. He did a racial justice workshop oh, with well, not that. Stanley. That's not what I'm talking we'll to, about. We'll have to link that somehow. Where he's like, I always say... And I never 
Um, you guys, is this weird to like pray out loud that we're all praying together, even though we're not together and we're on a podcast? Is that super weird, y'all? Are you okay with I this? Like it. I don't is it not? see the prayer, so I don't know if I agree with prayer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just don't say amen I- at the end, Holly, if you don't like it. <laughs> The views expressed in this podcast <laughs> may not be the views of everyone here or yours. <laughs> Ooh, I, just I like, like that, Mandy. I do too. TV disclaimer. We need to add that to the opening or closing. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Man, I thought I was missing the prayer when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> no, we waited for you. I'm just kidding. I really And Holly, Holly, you reserve the right to cut it out because I know you didn't get to see this if Holly approve it ahead agree, of time. If Holly doesn't agree with just it, we just won't hear throw. it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm she just wields kidding. she We're wields having... the power. She I win. I win. We're having fun. <laughs> You can pray now. Hurry up, pray. Minute, <laughs> minute 3,000. What was I listening to? Someone said, why are you smushing your body against mine? And they were like, it's called a hug. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is so I love smushing true. bodies. Ew. I would love to never have another smushed so body. Against- true. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. Oh, that's. That's, that has oh. nothing to do with <laughs> racial so inequality. That's awesome. funny.